uh, this, is, this is a podcast stuff. It's just for you. Yeah. Uh, just, I was, well, that is. <laughs> uh, it was just like the uh, the Wikipedia page of uh, predicted things in the future. But the most interesting one was the Earth. The freakiest one was the Earth. But the first point on it, it's like a million years in the future. And it's like, most things are burrowed underground. <laughs> like, it's quite a lot of radiation. <laughs> to be fair... That will give us a nice opportunity to carry on with this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Last time we got together, I gave you the task, a, a fun task, I hope, to listen to Jose Gonzalez. One night to be confused, one night to speed up truth. We had a promise made for us and then away. So how's your week been? Good. Yeah. It's not been as good as you hoped it would be, has it? Mm. You've got a face. Mm. You've got a face of um, un- incontentment, incontinence. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, why, did you, why did you give me this? Why, well, he's an acoustic artist. Did you give it to me on the thought that I would like it? Yeah, I thought you might enjoy this. I thought, hey, there goes a tree. I... Ruined you with Fallout Boy last time. You clearly didn't really enjoy them. <laughs> um, it didn't it didn't make you a fun person as I had hoped it would. <laughs> so I thought Jose Gonzalez is is like a little biscuit for you. A little biscuit. A little biscuit. Okay. Is it gluten free biscuit? <laughs> I feel like I've given you a gluten filled biscuit, and you're <laughs> and you're at the moment you're having bad indigestion. <laughs> um. I, I see your reasoning. I yeah. think after after what we've talked about previously on this, you are vindicated in your decision to give me him. But Tom, I'm calling hypocrite. Me? Yeah. Why? So, dry the river. Yeah. yeah. You gave me a lot of shit. Yeah. For being depressing. Yeah. And having sort of music that doesn't there's not a lot going on yeah and also got very angry about the fact you couldn't hear the lyrics oh absolutely and then you went and gave me that you think you can't hear the lyrics in Jose Gonzalez I think I can't hear them any less than I can't hear Dry the River you're so racist (laughs) (laughs) the man's got a tiny accent you know (laughs) fucking Argentinian and Swedish to be fair that is incredible that this is Possibly his third language, but that doesn't mean I can't I say him. that I can't understand. Listen him. more. <sighs> Continuing, what are you getting out of it? I really like his uh, his music. Um, <laughs> I'll do better than that. Tom. <laughs> I really like his music. The music. I like his lyrics, and yeah. I like the way he enunciates his lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it? That's all it is. That's, That's all, all I need is an artist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think his music is far more interesting than Dry the Rivers. I think his... I actually, I don't really know about his lyrics. I don't really care. I think his music is um, far more interesting than Dry the Rivers. And, you know... That's all I want from an artist. And he's an acoustic guitar. And, you know, he looks cool. In later life. I prefer him with curly long hair rather than short hair. Interesting. I much prefer the short hair. Nothing more to say on that. General points... Yeah, I, I I really really liked him. I had limited. It just seems like you didn't really like him. Well, given that no, introduction, no, 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 no. you cried to stare shit. No no no, I'm being like... shit stare. No no no, shit stare Anderson. No, no no. 
I liked him. I just think it's hypocritical that you like him. Oh, I see. No, it's not. <laughs> I don't need to argue it. It just isn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yes. I, no, I'll tell you what it is. Sorry. I'll tell you what it is. There's a certain arrogance about Dry the River I don't like. <laughs> it's like the very, oh, look at us. We Aren't we intelligent with our fervenance and our Gethsemites? <laughs> this guy, that's how it is. He's a bloke's bloke. <laughs> okay, I can't argue with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, God, God, he can play classical guitar. Yeah. Like no one... I, I don't know any artist that is... Did take... you look for any other artists? I know of one. Okay. He's, he gets compared a lot to Nick Drake. Have you ever heard of Nick Drake? Is he the one from Drake and Josh? Guess again. God, no. I think, like, we've just lost half our credibility with that question. Can you run questions like that past me first before just <laughs> jumping in? <laughs> Sorry, carry on with, with um, Nick Drake. <laughs> um, yes, Nick, Nick Drake's a, um, a folk artist who, in his lifetime, was not particularly big at all. His most popular song is Pink Moon. Pink Moon is on his way. very famous after he died uh, I don't other than that I don't really know a huge amount I love the fact he appears on loads of songs from other artists okay what, he, se- he seems to pop up quite a lot um, there's a couple of songs with Zero Seven on their album cello song by the books he appears on that strange face with your eyes so pale and sincere sort of see him as a sort of folky pit bull okay like I'm massively intrigued by that analogy a pit bull is in pit bull yeah like yeah exactly like sort of you know he features on many things oh I get what you mean yeah, I see you sorry I, mean. I, I thought oh no I wasn't making a direct comparison no. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like that's how important he is the people of the folk world see him as Pitbull oh no I see it as a sort of whereas Pitbull's in the pop world anyone thinks how am I going to make this song worse you know what? Paul. I'll meet I'll feature Pitbull whereas in the Harkhouse folky world people go you know what let's get Jose Gonzalez in on this he is unbelievably cute He's adorable, isn't he? He's, he's so quiet in interviews mm. and he's very sort of reserved. He's and... quite funny though as well, like in a nice humble way. Yeah, like so many of those sort of artists are. So Veneer, I just thought, I thought I'll, I'll tackle this full on. I'll stick it on. Don't you know that I'll be around you? I love that album. It's a really good album. It's beautiful. Like, I think... Yeah, again, we'll talk about this later, but just a comparison to Frightened Rabbit, when talking about the Midnight Organ fight, Scott Hutchinson said, talked about how the fact he just wanted to make a record where he just, like, had a guitar and mm. see what he could get from that. That's what that first Jose Gonzalez album is. It's basically, what can I do with a classical guitar? And he can get a whole album out of it just by playing 
a riff and occasionally clapping behind it. Is most of it just one guitar? I'm pretty sure. I mean, I know he doubles up his vocals. It's absolutely stunning. I mean, I can't remember any of the song names and it all sort of merges into one for me. I feel like because, going back to your point, like you really can't tell when he's mentioning the song name when he's singing. Yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And quite often they don't, yeah, there's not, it's not like a pop song. There's not like a build to the the song name. But, absolutely brilliant I think that's my favourite album out of the three okay um, so you, you you listen to the first two songs you're like this is really nice this is what I'd expect really and then I was just listening to it and then Heartbeats appears and you just get completely taken back to the mid 2000s one night of magic rush the start of simple touch one night of And Sony Bravia adverts. Is that what it was in? Yeah, do you know the one within there? I think it's in San Francisco and all the coloured balls are going down the hill. Also what confused me about this album is they released it in Sweden and then like two years later released it like the rest of the world. I didn't know that. What always surprised me was that it was released the same year as the Knife released Deep Cuts, which has heartbeats on. So it was very quickly covered. So he's the king of covers, basically, is how I'd describe him. And Heartbeats completely epitomises that. I think when he was in his band, he they were asked to do like a week of shows and they didn't have enough songs, so they started doing lots of covers. And when it came to his first album, he didn't have enough songs, so he thought about doing a cover. And he was listening at the time a lot to The Knife. I have a little quiz for you, Tom. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, go for it. So Heartbeats mm-hmm. was on... They're now compilations? Yeah, aren't they up to, like, 90 something now? Guess... Okay, first question. Yeah. Guess what number Heartbeats was on? Okay. I think for as long as you want. 63. Do you know that? No. It's a game. Is that actually six Oh my god. Oh why can't why couldn't I have guessed something more important than that? <laughs> that's quite stu- that's stunning. Now sixty-three. Oh. Last track. Dish two. Jose Gonzalez Heartbeats. I'm so proud of myself. It's, it's so stupid. <laughs> Did I win the quiz? You win. No, that was that wasn't a quiz. What? That genuinely that genuinely wasn't. So the that quiz. actually meant nothing. That actually meant nothing. Sorry. Brilliant. Um, where did it go? Where did it get on the charts? Which charts? Just the UK chart. Oh. Uh, did it peak at number three? Too high. Oh, uh, like way too high? Mm, not way too high. No. I. We're talking top ten. Yeah. Seven. No. Five. No. Nine. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. We'll, we'll put that bit first. <laughs> so you're now sixty-three. Sounds like some sort of epic comeback. <laughs> um, so that still wasn't the quiz. 
So my what are you doing to me, man? I know. <laughs> Sorry, I've turned this into a, a quiz. <laughs> um, so what I was going to ask you, which one of these songs was not on Now 63? Oh, that's actually quite fun. Okay. Okay. Black Eyed Peas, My Humps. Nisloppy, JCB song. Fuck. Gorillas, Dirty Harry. Or Nelly Furtado, Man Eater. My Hump's Black Eyed Peas. You're wrong, Tom. No! May I have another guess? Yes. I mean, the JCB song's a rogue answer, I feel. I just don't... Is it too rogue? Is it too rogue? Nelly Furtado, Man Eater. Mm, I think that's the same era. I'm going to stick with my first answer. My Hump's Black Eyed Peas. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. don't... But now the now compilations... Yeah. It was Man Eater by Nelly Furtado, which yeah. was on... It's a bit harsh. was on Now 64. Oh, this will get him. <laughs> well, it did. I hope you're fucking pleased with yourself. Um, okay, so we spent far too long on the quiz. Anyway, Absolutely. What do you think of Love Stain? Sounds gross, doesn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, I think one of the lyrics is you left a love stain on the floor. Is it? <laughs> I feel like um, you know that's that's just a second language. Isn't it? <laughs> Should be on a personal. You say like. that's gross. <laughs> crosses is the those two songs, heartbeats and crosses, are highlights of those albums. Okay, just that epitomizes those excellent classical guitar riffs. I've never found an artist that gives me so much warmth. Oh, and that annoyed me, Tom. Oh. <laughs> um, I don't look for that in music. Do you like to I'm be fa- kept at a distance? I like to be kept at a distance. It sucks me explains in. Explains a lot to me. <laughs> um, no, I've I've been I've been taken in. I've been taken in by him, um, especially that first album. I'm really glad you enjoyed the first album. The first album, beautiful. Second album, I also enjoyed. Uh, the second album is my favourite of of Jose's. Um, Killing for Love is one of my favourite songs ever. I had to stop myself going, ooh, interesting. <laughs> I feel like you need a better reaction now yeah, because no. that was awful. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> mm. I'll do that from now on. Oh, cool. Uh, so, yeah, that's one of my favorite. I think one mm. of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> He's done so many covers of artists with a bigger sound. He's done a cover of Kylie Minogue. Uh, one of his first covers he did was Love Will Tear Us Apart. Routine bites hard and ambitious are And resentment rights But emotion I really want a guitar band to do a cover of him. Can like you, like a rock band. Yeah, can you imagine a rock band doing that song? I can. I'm not sure if I'd enjoy it. Because I think there's a gentleness about it that I really appreciate and sometimes I'm just in the mood for. 
But it'd be interesting to see. Sorry, yes, it would be very, very interesting to see. <laughs> Just on Killing for Love, um, did you listen to the version that he recorded uh, with the Brit Lights at Svenska Gramofonstudion? Gram- Gra- Gramofonstudion. Is that just memory straight off the head? Yep. Yes, I did. Um, I liked. I liked it. Filled it out a bit more. The percussion really gives it a bit more drive and energy, doesn't it? Yes. On that note of giving giving him a bit more, there's a brilliant concert. Is this your video recommendation? This is my video recommendation. Welcome everybody to Cameron's video recommendation. <laughs> Take it away, Cameron. It's a concert with him with. They're called the String Theory, and they're an orchestra, hmm. string orchestra, and it adds so much depth to all those riffs, um, and just gives, and especially in the same sort of theme as the classical guitar, taking those older instruments and making them slightly more contemporary um, is absolutely brilliant. Uh, specifically in that they do a sort of quite dready version. You do like a bit of dread, don't you? Yes, of um, How Low. So they do like a sort of 30 second mm-hmm. where it's just the strings playing and then it goes... Uh, I'd be keen to it's watch either, that, It's either the outro or the intro of How Low, I can't remember. Um, and that's absolutely brilliant, so I can highly recommend that. Just on another Cameron's video recommendations, <coughs> I personally can recommend going and watching the live version that he does of Killing for Love, uh, K-E-X-P, and it's very good. The other song I feel like we should talk about on that album is Cheer Drop. Yep, Which good cover. Another cover of Massive Attack. I feel like this one came out quite closely to the Newton Faulkner. I feel like this is a song that's been covered a lot. True, it's a very coverable song. I heard it on House, the TV show. Did you? Yeah, because the, the, theme, the theme tune to the first series of House was Teardrop before they wrote their own theatre tune. Yeah. And I think as a callback to that, in a later series, they played Jose Gonzalez's version oh, of Teardrop. Cool. Um, so that's where I first heard it on the house soundtrack. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, that, that second album I read also, it was slightly inspired by a bit of Richard Dawkins. Like, he's very humanist. I, and I didn't know that. It's, there's a lot about sort of nature and stuff in there. Mm. Um, in your nature? Yes. Oh my God, yes. But that's the thing, I read that and I thought, oh, that's cool. But then actually when I listened to it, it didn't jump out massively at me. Even on the artwork, there are roots, like uh, plant roots. As opposed to? Uh, hair roots. <laughs> uh, yeah, hair roots. Or the uh, 1970s uh, drama starring James L. Jones. Roots. Never, never, hasn't heard of it. Please write in with your favourite Roots. <laughs> okay, so third album, a bit more mellow. What's uh, your, sorry, I was going to say, what's your favourite song on Vestiges and Claws? I'm not sure, actually. I think 
The best, the best song, I think actually the one I've listened to the most is Leaf Off slash The Cave. I think that's only because it's the biggest song of the album. It's got the most going on in it. Yeah. I think, is there a couple of guitars in there? I don't know. I was going to say, um, that's my favourite. It's it just, it's, I, it's got the most going on, really. Yeah, I kind of found this, I kind of found this album a bit, yeah. Because I, maybe it peaked with In Your Nature for me. Because I thought Vestiges, uh, sorry, I thought uh, Veneer was really, really good. Really enjoyed it. Uh, really loved in our nature <laughs> and Vestiges and Claws I don't know it was it was fine I thought it was some really nice songs but I thought overall it didn't leave me as um, satisfied as say there was the a long two did. break between them yeah well, how much time was it nine eight years yeah seven or eight years um, and I feel like if you'd waited seven or eight years there was enough to go oh great another Jose Gonzalez album same, yeah, same as ever. A pass. To be fair, I almost shit myself when the maracas came in in Afterglow. Bit too much for you. Too much. <laughs> Far too much. <laughs> um, <laughs> voice, guitar, and hand claps. That's all I wanted. And I've seen him talk about it, and yeah, again, going back to that thing, he he talked about it as a sort of call to arms for humanism. There's a couple of songs on there that talk about you know loving everyone wherever you're born and things like that. Um, but yeah, there's not. I don't know. I think I feel like because it's so chill and it's so lovely, it possibly loses that edge slightly. Even so, I really loved it. There's songs like so, Thistle. Which is an instrumental. Part of me goes, "What are you getting from that?" It's a it's a riff that just sort of repeats. And would you not sort of? Could you not sort of argue that that is is quite tranquil though? And that's sort of sometimes why some people listen to music is just to relax into it, and you don't need to have lessons from from all songs. Sometimes it's something to be enjoyed and just. To relax to. Ironically, that is my lesson from this entire experience. You've learned something. I've learned that, yeah, you okay, just... I wish I could learn something. <laughs> just just putting this album on in the background while you're working yeah. or, you know... It's not it's not so in your face that you'll get distracted by it. Yeah, you, you know, but while I, you're, you're mm. you know, going through and deleting your hate mail. Yeah. It's a nice... Nice calming, calming. Uh, one thing he did he did say was, which I quite liked, which I think he talks about open book. I feel just like an open book. Exposing myself and his neighbourhood. The last song on that album, it's a breakup song and he, he, he sort of said, I want you to, you know, listen to it and feel better at the end of the song than at the start of the song. Oh, and I thought that's just really nice. He is—he su- seems like He's such a so lovely guy. Bloody lovely, and that's really quite annoyed me to be honest. So I listen—I listen to the three albums. 
I kept this, I listened to the albums again and again. I then explored a bit more and came across Junip. Have you listened to much Junip? Is this a bit of deep sea diving you've been doing? I've done a bit of deep sea diving. Is Junip another artist? Junip is his band. Oh. He was was in Junip before he released his solo album. Is Jose Gonzalez a side project? Sort of, yeah. So he, um, Junip released a couple of EPs. He then released that solo album, Veneer, and then got on a huge amount of success. So that basically took him away from Junip. He then released like another Junip EP, and then the second album came out, and then he toured that and anything. So between the second and third albums, two Junip albums came out. Oh, hence the long pause. Hence the long pause. So the first Junip album is basically, if you like the the stuff we've talked about uh, with the bright lights, for example. Are you calling them bright lights? Are they called the bright or the bright lits? I need to say bright lights because I call them the Brit lits. I think. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> Are Wait, they? What? Is it bright lights or the bright lights or Brit lits? I don't know. There are no GHs in either of those. Jose Gonzalez with the other people. The other people. With the people behind him, to give him a bit more oomph. Mm-hmm. Is that is that basically? It? I was going to ask that. Like, what sort of genre of the music are they? So the first, the, the two albums. The first album is um, basically just Jose Gonzalez with a bit more behind him, a bit more percussion, very similar stuff. So um, I actually, I, you know, I will probably listen to Junip. Junip. Tomorrow. J U N I P. So that first album, yeah. Jose Gonzalez, a bit more beefed up. Second album. Love it. Better than any Jose Gonzalez you listen to? I think so, actually. So it's it's uh, self-titled, so Junip. Some of the songs on there, there's some a bit of rockier stuff. There's a bit of synth that comes in. The riffing villain I really, really liked. So clear as it's got the synth sort of electricy vibe. Walking lightly is one of my favourite songs of his by far. Yet again, has similar vibes to his solo stuff. Walking lightly has the same lyric probably about 30 times but it says cheery tune and it's really nice and there's just a bit more going on in that album so go listen oh I, um, I will I promise that's about as much as I have to say to be honest overall enjoy yourself I think I did actually I, I will veneer I will continue to listen to as like a background worky album yeah um, and I'm really glad I went deeper into him like you discovered Junip sounds wrong so thank you. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Right. More wine? I won't lie, I'm actually a little bit disappointed with your reaction. I really <laughs> I kind of I really hope that we this this would be something that we'd have like a lot of common ground on because it's it has a bit of everything. That being said, that 
moves on to Frightened Rabbit, mm-hmm. who I think we have hit the perfect band for the both of us. Have we? Yes. Yay! I really do. I think it's got the, the musical energy that I need yeah. and the lyrical depth that you need. Oh, that makes me so happy. I feel so bad that I've let you down with... That's okay. That's honestly okay because I, I have had more than an enjoyable... Um, and enjoyable is the wrong word because I've been through an entire roller coaster of emotions uh, the last three weeks. Um, but like overall, the experience has been incredible. Fright and Rabbit can safely say are in my top top artists. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, huge huge news. Someone <laughs> record this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just amazing, amazing. Uh, five albums. So, uh, so where yeah. Where start? I, I started poorly, actually. I um, the first round I listened to, I, I kind of binged. The first album that came on, I was just like, oh fucking hell! It's like a more Scottish Biffy Clyro, <laughs> and it just didn't do anything for me. And then the next one came on, I thought, oh, that's all right. And the third one I was like, that's a bit better. Fourth one, a little bit better. Fifth one, a little bit better. And I thought, oh, okay, so I really enjoyed the fifth one and the rest were just sort of okay. I must have just been in a really bad mood and in no, I had no patience for it. Because then I, when I forced myself to listen to it again, I almost couldn't believe that I didn't enjoy it the first time. Oh, really? Really couldn't believe it because it was such a dramatic turnaround. Uh, this is before I'd done any Googling of the band. Okay. So I then listened to the albums again. All of them? All of them. Um... I fell in love with the second album the most. That is one of my favourite albums. Yes. And then I did some Googling and then found out that he had um, committed suicide. So Scott n- Not Hutchinson. long ago at all. Yeah, sorry, Scott Hutchinson had committed suicide in 2018. End of 2018. Very recently. Yeah. Very, very recently. And uh, I was surprisingly upset by that because even though I had only been listening to them for about a week and, and not bothered to do any Googling, I sort of was very shocked to find out that there was, A, going to be no more Frightened Rabbit, and the fact that I... You know how I do, I, I don't listen to lyrics at all. Yeah. So with this, armed with this information, I went and re-listened and re-listened and re-listened. I think I've listened all the way through... The album's about three or four times post-Google. And the second album uh, has pretty much been on loop every day. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just phenomenal. I think it's great, a great artist for us because we've his um, illness and sadness is masked by very uplifting music. Yeah. And I think his lyrics are very uplifting as well. Sometimes. Sometimes in a strange way. Uh, and I, I kind of don't want to get ahead of myself. I think we should start at the beginning. Okay. And he pretty much lets you know what's going on straight away. <laughs> what's the blues when you've got the greys? What's the blues when you've got the greys? I think I've given up my body's given in in the building. I lie still. And then I turn back over again. See, that first album, I haven't listened to a huge amount. Um, because I came to them very recently. I only really came to them after I heard about Scott. 
Oh, so did you like see the news article, Mike? Yeah. Oh. Which I almost feel guilty about, to be honest. That, and I'm I'm incredibly sad about. But yeah, so I've I've explored backwards, and this album I came to last, really, and it's it's a sort of mishmash of I think it's like early demos and and stuff. I'm pretty sure the first album is just him and his brother, but it, yeah. like all music is just him. Yeah, no, until Pedestrian Verse, he wrote all the lyrics and I think all the music as well. What's the blues when you've got the greys? I think I've given up, my body's given in. It, it's Already it so hits you. honest, immediately. I think that's the thing, that, that when you, if you do want to pay attention to lyrics, and I blame you for this, yeah. uh, I, do, I do this for you. Um it's in, it's an incredibly honest and uh, thought provoking description of depression. Yeah, which runs through throughout. I think I don't know whether for me that first album it's it's slightly lost in the it's not as a refined sound. Yeah. I think because it's a bit more gritty and they're a bit more indie ish. Yeah, they're, they're yet to find their frightened rabbit sound. I feel like because he because it is it's an indie band or yeah indie indie rock band. I almost feel like the, the lyrics are more emotive than, say, like a Linkin Park. Because lyrically, there are similarities between Chester Bennington and, and Scott Hutchinson. Okay. But, like, obviously, the, de- the deliveries are a lot different. Chester's sort of screaming it at you and I think a certain sort of person can identify with that. For me, the, the, the way he's singing about it is much more potent. It's not so obvious, mm-hmm. the, the rage and the, the sadness he's feeling. It's almost a realisation. You almost... You listen to, that, that's literally what happened to me. I listened to a couple of songs of theirs previously in the past and I thought, oh, they're just, they're just a classic indie band. I'd put them on the same level as Biffy Clyro or someone like that mm. and then I investigated I listened harder and suddenly this entire world is a, is opened up and I've seen him talk about it and he just sort of says well what else can I write about it's, it's just me it's yeah. just it's pure and that's what they've always been praised on the the, the second album is, is one of the best albums ever The Midnight Organ Fight Do you know what that means? No. So it's a metaphor for sex, apparently. Is it? That's hilarious. Is it Scottish? I don't know. The Midnight Organ Fight. That just You just immediately go, oh, of course it is. Oh, yeah, organ. So I first came to that album on Reddit. Someone had asked a question, what's an album that's collectively a beautiful piece of work or something? And one of the top three comments was The Midnight Organ Fight by Frightened Rabbit. And this was after Scott committed suicide. Mm. And someone had written that basically it's like an album long suicide note and I went and I literally listened to the entire thing and oh my god it's one of the it's been put down as one of the greatest breakup albums of all time I I just listened to it the entire way through and the melodies the fact it's got those 
happy tunes in there, but yet you then investigate the lyrics and it's you get a whole nother side to it and he's he said that it's just basically it's a just a representation of what happened in yeah. that breakup. The first opinion of the album, mm-hmm. which relates to what you were just saying, was that it's all sounded very much like montage music. And maybe at the end of Scrubs when he's when JD has like figured out something in his life and how to improve himself yeah and like I don't know like the chorus of Modern Leopard could play over that or especially with Floating in the Fourth it's, it's one of those songs where it's, it is strangely uplifting almost feel like he is getting better he's getting there yeah. You know, I'll give, I think I'll leave suicide for another day. But even that, that one line is sort of a line of hope in a load of lyrics that are very, very sad. Yeah. Like when you listen to the opening of Old Old Fashioned. It's quite a, it's quite an upbeat. Quite jaunty. Jaunty riff. And then, oh, I think one of the, one of the lines that really hits me is uh, you're the shit and I'm knee deep in it which I think is in my backwards walk um, the first song I heard off that album was Poke we adopt a brand new language communicate through Lips, and you try not to put on any sexy clothes or graces. That's my favourite song of theirs. Okay. And that's the first... That was when I first discovered the depth of Frightened Rabbit, actually. Um, my favourite song of theirs was uh, The Modern Leper. Was that you in front of me? Coming back for even more, they tell you the same. You must be a Um, for me, that was everything I would ever want in a song. Um, for me, it's a very clever and perfect way to describe mental illness. A cripple walks amongst you, all you tired human beings. He's got all the things a cripple has not, two working arms and legs. It is genius songwriting. Absolutely genius. So you've nailed it there. I don't need to say anymore. Did you listen to Tiny Changes? I did listen to Tiny Changes. So, Tiny Changes, which was recorded before yes. Scott um, committed suicide. Because when I first listened to it, yeah, I was just like, oh, what an amazing tribute. He'd, he'd heard all the songs, apparently. Mm-hmm. He, he was the one that was, it's ten years since the Midnight Organ Fight, and that was the album that got them big. So, let's get our friends to record versions of all the songs. So, we've got, for example, in there... Biffy Clyro covering Modern Leper. My favourite one personally is uh, Daughter covering Poke. Yeah, I did find that the people who did a completely different version of the songs, it, I thought it was a better rendition than the people yeah. who did similar things. Um, I 
kind of didn't enjoy Biffy Clyro's modern letter. No, I wasn't a big fan of it, actually. Like, um, I I thought there was a bit too much going on there. I preferred Julian Baker's. Yeah. Apparently, that song was his favourite. There's a really good uh, documentary on YouTube about this. So the Twilight Sad, who are another Scottish band, who... So you've got Biffy Clyro and Frightened Rabbit who take the singing with a Scottish accent thing and roll with it. The Twilight Sad take this to another level. They're a lot heavier and a lot hardcore, basically. I've seen them. They, oh. they supported um, editors when I saw them. And they do a cover of Floating in the Fourth. Which initially I first heard, and I was a bit like, I wasn't, I wasn't that bothered. But actually, the you see the leading of Twilight Sad in this documentary talking about it, and he says we recorded it like a demo because that's how me and Scott and Frightened Rabbit the band we used to send each other demos and stuff. So we thought we're going to record Floating in the Fourth as as a sort of demo-esque and actually when you listen to it you're like you get that sort of depth I think one of the biggest surprises of this album was the fact that Sarah Silverman was on it mm. um, where did that come from? <laughs> apparently they were, they were friends and she, like, I think she was a fan and yeah. he was like we're doing this and she was like dude I'd love to be on it I'll play the fucking tambourine triangle I don't care Yeah. and he was like no come and sing Yeah. it's just really nice and it, it, it disappoints me I think she got a lot of stick for it did she? Yeah, just because people people don't. I think she's very. People um, don't like it. Yeah, she's very hit and miss. Yeah. So people, yeah, people misunderstood why she was on it. Sadly. Yeah, I really enjoyed that version of my backwards walk. I think it's quite cutesy because you've got quite t- two quite nice cutesy voices with this sort of like low droning sound going on. It's an amazing tribute to the to the album. Tribute to the album. That accidentally that's... became a, a tribute to Scott. But also, I, I like the fact he heard all the songs and he. Can you imagine how good it would have been if if. David Bowie had done an album of he had got, all his, he could, got all his friends yeah. to, to cover his music and he could uh, sign it off and everything. Can you imagine like his contemporaries? I don't even know who I'd even say like, I don't know, the Rolling Stones doing a cover of Life on Mars. Oh, like so, so stuff good. like that. That yeah. would just be so incredible. Um but yeah, no, I, I, Tiny Changes is like the cherry on the cake that was the Midnight Organ fight. Mm. And I can't... That album is one of the best albums ever recorded, I feel. The Midnight Organ Chase. The Midnight Organ Fight. The Midnight Organ Fight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, so, I'm so glad you've connected with it so deeply. <laughs> yeah, don't really care, mate. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the other, the final three albums... Yeah, so the next one... The Winter of Mixed Drinks. And it numbs. The rest of me is a version of mine Built to collapse and crumb And if I hadn't come now To the coast to disappear I, I'm not a massive fan of that one. I've... It's the one about swimming out to sea, 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 sea. A highlight of that album for me was Skip the Youth. Just thought it was a really interesting song because it starts off so aggressively for about two minutes, and 
and it just gets louder and louder and more sort of clashier and more clashier and then just stops when he starts singing. I like that. Yeah, it's it's um, great use of dynamics, mm. which sounds patronising, <laughs> and it probably is a little bit. But I, I really appreciate that because I didn't. I almost thought when I first heard it, oh, it's going to be like an interlude track. Yeah. And it wasn't the whole thing. It was really good. But yeah, the, the album itself, I suppose it's difficult to follow and follow something like that. But then <laughs> comes... Um, Pedestrian verse. He wanted to write a more upbeat album <laughs> and then had a breakup. And he allowed a bit more writing from the rest of the group. This album's, I think they also recorded while they were on tour. And it's a bit more gritty and a bit more... It, it wasn't, we went into the studio, we're going to record an album. It's more just, you know, a bit more natural and a bit more pure. Yeah. Well, what were your highlights on the album? My highlights on the album were Act of Man. And the oil slick. Interesting, because that's one I've not really um, listened to a huge amount. Again, it's like the lyrics and the music clash. It's such an album track, man. Even that just sounds so pretentious. I'm not doing it (laughs) deliberately, I do. Before this album came out, uh, State Hospital. In the slow arc of a fist. Which is where the line pedestrian verse comes from. Um, I think it was part of an EP and then led into this album. And I've listened to that song a few more times actually on the way here. And that's, yeah, again, just a classic love song that is just heart wrenching, really. So many songs on that album. Every single song you just listen to, you just think, oh, it's an absolute banger. Mm. <laughs> I've suggested Frightened Rabbits, people know, oh, too depressing. But actually, it's not. If you if you ignore the lyrics... Musically, you, you musically, can walk down the street to yeah. that and feel cool. Yeah. Which is what we all want in life. The final album was really good as well. I really enjoyed it. I think that almost is the saddest bit, is you listen to that final album, Painting of a Panic Attack. You think... He's not well. My highlight of the album is I Wish I Was Sober. Free for the fruitless thoughts Far too late to talk so much But still not giving up I wish that I was sober That plays as an acoustic with just Scott on the acoustic guitar and his brother playing the drums. Mm-hmm. Stunning. And it makes you realise how they don't need to be a band. They need to just be an acoustic guitar and a drum. And they get everything you need from them. And the fact they they fill it as a band just adds that extra layer, which is great. 400 Bones, Die Like a Rich Boy, those other songs. They Every single album seems to have one purely acoustic, beautiful song. Mm. So, like Poke, 400 Bones. 400. The piano is beautiful on this one. I mean, for me, my favourite song on this album is Lump Street. It's um, quite sombre. Yeah. 
it's a bit different as well from from the the acoustic stuff. It's a bit, yeah, I like I like a bit of a I like a few electronic elements going into stuff. They've got variety as well. Mm. I think if all of this was just an acoustic guitar, you wouldn't have enjoyed it, would you? No, not at all. Well, after I've got you deep into analysing lyrics, you'd be all over it, of course. Yeah. I can't recommend Frightened Rabbit enough. They've become one of my favourite bands. Oh, I'm so happy. You just need to listen to it and enjoy it and appreciate it. Uh, I, I will be listening to Frightened Rabbit tomorrow, which I haven't done. I didn't do that with Dry River, I didn't do that with R.E.M., as you've become such a big fan, he did a solo album. Did he? Yeah, under the name of Al John. So there's some more interesting stuff on there, actually. Songs about roses. I'll leave you with that. We don't need songs about roses. We don't need your terrible blues. We don't need songs about roses. Please sing me something. So going on to the next week... I would like you to listen to one of my favourite bands. I'd like you to listen to Placebo and let me know what you think of those fellas. Okay. See, I feel like we're growing, Tom. We started and you were, oh, I don't really care about lyrics, I'm all about the music. And then we've discovered Fright and Rabbit and you've you started to dig a bit and you've you started to open up and we're starting to, you know, access access those innards. Please don't access my innards anymore. So we're gonna we're gonna fully access your innards. Is this gonna be a vivisection? A what? Vivisection. It's a vivisection. It's when you do a um, autopsy on someone who's already alive, still alive. Well, welcome to that joy. Yeah, practice of performing operations on the live animals for purposes of experimentation or scientific research. I'm going to give you Keaton Henson. Now, you've mentioned him before as being quite a sad fellow. Even I feel quite sorry for you. Give it, give it a week. Maybe... So give myself a week just to recover and watch, have a good night's sleep. Watch some Teletubbies and <laughs> get in a good place. Yeah. <laughs> then let that be destroyed. And then tackle, <laughs> tackle some Keaton Henson, which I'm making a prediction now you're going to absolutely despise. Oh, I cannot wait to but, uh, hate. So I'll see you next week. I'll see you next week. Ta-ta. Bye. Bye.